I know a lot of you have had this experience because for those of us who in 2020 were all sent home and we were stuck in a lockdown during the pandemic, we had a lot of time on our hands and I saw an ad for Masterclass and I thought, I want to better myself. I want access to all of these brilliant people who teach you things. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with more than 200 plus of the world's best and smartest. For just under 10 bucks a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And I don't care, you can wake up one morning and say, I want to learn about business. And then another where you say, I want to learn how to survive in the wild if I have no water and no fire to make me warm. You can access Masterclass on your phone, on your computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. And the classes totally make a difference. Don't wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Liz. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Liz. Masterclass.com slash Liz. I love that you guys are tuning in. I, I have to say this. It means so much to me, but I actually want to get feedback from you. I always just start these podcasts, but would you like it better if maybe I had a more official open, like, you're listening to Everyone Talks to Liz. Thanks for joining me or something like that. Let me know. I mean, you can tweet me at Liz Clayman. I would love to get your thoughts on that. Or do you want me to just do the California thing that I do, which is just start talking? Um And until I hear from you, I'm going for it. All my guests are inspirational. They don't get to be on if they're not. But few have made me stop and totally reassess my outlook on life, purpose, and showing gratitude. And that's what I think my guest will have all of you doing today. So get ready. Eric Legrand was living the dream a lot of kids have growing up, playing football at a Division I university. At the age of 20, so he was a star defensive tackle at Rutgers, while making a tackle during a game against Army, he crashed right into the kickoff receiver, and then nothing. Blank. Unable to move on the field, they rushed him to the hospital and found that he had fractured cervical vertebrae, and was pronounced paralyzed from the neck down. He could not breathe on his own, and he was put on a ventilator. His mom was told he would probably need to be on a ventilator for the rest of his life, would never move again, and would never regain sensation in his body. But they did not know who they were dealing with. Less than 40 days later, Eric said, Take me off the ventilator. I need to learn how to breathe on my own. Oh, yeah. Real gutsy. A month after that... He lasted an hour breathing without the machine, and by January of that year, are you starting to get the picture? He was breathing on his own. But that is hardly the end of this, as I'm putting it, breathtakingly incredible story of resilience and, yes, success. Not only has this man hosted his own series streaming on Fox Sports called Mission Possible, he's a motivational speaker And he just opened his first business, LeGrand Coffee House, in his hometown of Woodbridge, New Jersey. Oh, and by the way, he's regained some sensation in his body. Eric, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. I'm so psyched to talk to you. Hey, Liz. Thank you so much for having me on. I truly do appreciate it. Oh, we're thrilled. By the way, you have the best smile. Oh, my gosh. Every (laughs) picture I looked at, it just it literally lights up the world. 
And I've been told I, I, I got a pretty nice smile, and it's just, I always say, what you see is what you get with me. I am who I am, no, I don't ever put on a front. Jersey boy, born and raised? Born and raised, Jersey strong, Jersey tough, Jersey grit, Jersey everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That will come full circle in this discussion because, you know, a lot of people are pampered in their lives. Not Jersey guys, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, tell me, where are you right now? What's your schedule for a day like today? Oh, daylight today is like uh, I'll go to, over to the coffee shop in like the late morning, early afternoon after going through my morning process with my nurses. That takes about a two and a half hour process every single morning that I have to go through just to get myself up out of bed, you know, washed up, cleaned up and into my wheelchair. It's not it's not, you know, something that's easy every day. So it starts off every morning with a two and a half hour process, hmm. but it allows me to get my day started after that. And I go over to the shop and, you know, handle what I need to handle there, answer some emails do some interviews or come back home and be able to work on trying to grow the business and have different meetings and whatnot. So every day's a bit different for me, which I do enjoy, but you know, it's it's my same morning routine every single day that will always, you know, be the same. Take me back to 2010 Rutgers versus army Rutgers kicks off army receives and you start running. Yeah. Running down a field to make a tackle. I was able to split the double team, which two guys came to block me right away, and I got right through them. So I knew it was going to be a big collision on the play. I was running down the field. I said, I'm going to use my shoulder on this play, not my head. And Malcolm Brown was the guy that was I made the tackle on. He was right there. And I went to put my head down, and my teammate got down there half a second before I did, and he tripped Malcolm up. And when Malcolm got tripped up, his body turned in the air, and the trajectory changed of where I was going to hit him. And then that time I had my head down, which every football player knows if you're going to hit with your head. Mm. You have to see what you hit. You keep your head up. And unfortunately, mine was down in it. For, I fractured my C3, C4 vertebrae right on the field. You're on the field. Do you open your eyes after being, I guess, a, a mm. black space for a minute, I would imagine? Mm. It's actually crazy. I was fully coherent for the injury. When I hit the ground, I'll never forget not being able to breathe. And the last thing I felt was my heels hitting the ground after my body went stiff for a second. And then my my trainers come running out to me asking me, is it your head or your neck? And I said, I can't breathe. From there, they go, can you feel this? Can you feel that? And I said, I can't breathe. My head coach, Greg Shiano, comes running out, looks down at me, says, E, you have to start praying right now. And that's exactly what I did. It was easily the scariest moment of my life. They rush you to the hospital and... How did the doctors tell you what your future would be and what went through your head? I always said the people that were there those first few days of my injury, man, I give them so much credit because I was so highly medicated from the surgery and I don't remember much. And I, my mom, my teammate and his mom were in the room and they told my mom, your son has fractured a C3, C4 vertebrae. He'll be paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of his life. He'll never walk again, never breathe on his own and never be able to eat solid foods. And we're hoping he's strong enough to make it through this surgery. So imagine my mom as a parent, she was devastated, but you know, the doctor was very blunt with her. And I didn't really find out until a few weeks, you know, or probably a week or so later that mm. extended my injury. I knew, you know, it was pretty severe, but yeah, those were the beginning stages, but I don't remember much those first few days. But when I woke up on Wednesday, the energy around my room and the positivity Honestly, is what jump-started 
everything in my recovery. Well, I was just going to ask you, at what point did you refuse or you became (laughs) stubborn and refused to accept what they said the rest of your life would be like? I mean, where did that well of feistiness spring from? I've always been that hard-nosed, tough kid that, you know, I fight for everything that I want and I go out there and I earn it. I don't expect anything to be given to me. So I've always been like that. My, my faith had a big part in it, you know, trusting God that I was in the right place at that right moment where I was supposed to be, even though my life was just flipped and turned upside down, you know, keeping the faith. And then as I started to recover and I came off the ventilator five weeks later after they told me I'll never be able to breathe on my own again, that's when it really like started to flip a switch like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to recover as much as I can. I'm going to control what I can control and then everything else. I'll leave in God's hands. Well, okay. This, this amazes me because you were the one who told the doctors and nurses, take me off the ventilator, please. What did they think when you said that? Oh, that respiratory therapist probably thought I was crazy, which I am, but (laughs) I was, I wasn't able to sleep on my own. And that was the Hardest, but like that noise of that ventilator, like in my just that that sound just psh, psh, mm. psh, kept on doing that, and I'm like, I need to sleep. So I asked the therapist, "Can you take me off the ventilator so I could fall asleep?" <laughs> and she said, "I'll take you off, but you're gonna need to go back on probably after a minute or two." I was like, "Perfect amount of time to fall asleep." And <laughs> I remember she she took it off that night, and an hour and a half later, I was still breathing my my own, and she said, "Well, maybe you are ready to be weaned off of this." And that started the journey to me being able to breathe on my own again, fully dependent uh, two weeks later. You, when I'm hearing you speak, sound fluid mm. and perfect. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're nowhere near a ventilator now, right? You, you're not yeah. on one anymore. No, it was only those first five weeks of my injury. And then I did have a, bit, a scare of pneumonia last February where they put me on it for five, five days. But I was, it was just because of the pneumonia and, and being able to control my breathing there. But other than that, yeah, I'm fully dependent breathing on my own and able to, you know, just that, that's why I don't take anything for granted because just being able to take a gasp of air on your own, mm. I've been there when I couldn't. So I just have a newfound appreciation on life. Oh my God. I, I mean, and this wasn't even the end of your successes. At what point yeah, did you say to them, I want to at least try to stand? That started when I got to inpatient rehab at Kessler Institute in West Orange, New Jersey. And I'll never forget that first time they put me in the standing frame. Obviously, I'm not able to stand on my own, but they mm-hmm. put you in a device where they can stand you up. And it was a, probably a few weeks into my, my inpatient rehab stint, and I get in the standing frame, and I, they go to stand me up. And literally after five seconds, I was like, back down, back down, because a lot of people don't realize what the spinal cord injuries, there's a lot of secondary complications and blood pressure control mm-hmm. is a huge issue that people deal with with spinal cord injuries, especially the higher the level of the injury. So when you stand up, your muscles aren't contracting when you're when you're paralyzed. So guess what? That blood is just dropping from your brain all the way down. And when I first stood up for the first time in that that device, wow, it was a just like, go back down, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And, um, and then you have to start working your way up to be able to tolerate it more and more. Oh, my goodness. And and this is all going over a couple of months. But just a year later, I mean, your story became a really big one. ESPN picked you as the SB recipient of the Jimmy V Award, named after, of course, North Carolina State basketball coach Jimmy Valvano. 
Oh, he was so loved. Everybody loved Jimmy, mm-hmm. and he died of adenocarcinoma. And it's awarded annually to a member of the sporting world who has overcome great obstacles through perseverance <laughs> and determination. There are a lot of those guys out there, and women too. But what did it mean that they picked you, and what lift did it give you to really take it to the next level and start working, becoming a motivational speaker, and you know, becoming a sportscaster? Yeah, it was amazing. My dream always was to go to the NFL, retire, become a sports broadcaster. Obviously, when my injury happened, I didn't know where my life was going to take me. Mm-hmm. I started to dabble into the sports broadcasting field. And then when I was working with Sandy Montag, who's my agent over at the Montag Group, was with IMG at the time. Wait, wait, Sandy's your agent? You have one of the biggest sports agents in the world. That's amazing. (laughs) That's my guy, Sandy. Yeah, he's been with me, honestly, (laughs) since the very beginning when he, Tim Pernetti, who used to be my athletic director, introduced us at. He just helped guide me into my career for broadcasting. When I started started with, uh, with them, I'll never forget when he mentioned that I was up for the Jimmy V Award. I was like, wait, what? Like, that's cool. And then he called me over the summer of 2012 and told me that I had won it. And I was just like, this is insane. And when you get out there to the ESPYs, it's just celebrities, athletes just all, from all over the place just coming together for that event and being able to go up on that stage. Oh, my God. Tell my me about that. Tell me about that. They say your name, Eric Legrand. Did the place go nuts? <laughs> I roll out there. Everyone's giving me a standing ovation after watching the video that they played on the, on the screen. And, you know, I look in the front row. I see Eli Manning. Uh, it was Eli Manning, Tim <laughs> Tebow, and Kenny Chesney. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just look towards the back of the room and just not not even pay attention to the front so I don't get distracted. I was just able to share my story with the world. And after that, you know, it really took off because people had heard about my story. But now it was in front of millions of people. And it, it really helped jump start my career as I was in the process of writing a book at the time. And then to now the, the sports broadcasting even more, the speaking engagements and just giving me the confidence knowing that, yes, I'm in a wheelchair, but look at the power that I can have with oh just my, my words. Okay, so n- I, I always kind of stop and talk to my listeners at this point, and uh, you guys, come on. He's writing a book. He's winning <laughs> awards. He's already proven the doctors wrong. He's a sportscaster. He's got an agent. And you, you also started... Team Legrand, which has how much money is in there now? It goes toward helping discover treatments and cures for spinal injuries. Yes. Yeah, so the so for the so the around the 2012, so many people were asked, continue to reach out to me saying, How can we help you, E? And I remember the Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation had been there since day one, offering up their support and everything. And that mm. I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't even know who Christopher Reeve was at the beginning. Oh, you're my mom so young. Thought I, hate I was you. insane. I know my mom thought I was <laughs> Superman. She goes, she goes, you don't know who Superman blah, blah. I'm like, Mom, you know I was born in nineteen ninety, right? <laughs> she goes, I don't you still should know. So obviously I do my research on him and I'm like, Oh, probably should know who he is, especially a Jersey guy from Princeton, this and that. But um I reached out to him about it and in the fall of twenty thirteen, my mom and I formed Team Legrand of the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation and our Goal is to live Christopher Reeve's dream, and that's a world of empty wheelchairs. And I'm proud to say, since our inception, we've raised over $2 million to help find a cure for paralysis. But also, it's all we're all about today's care, tomorrow's cure, because you also have to take care of the people that are living with some sort of paralysis. And that's 5.6 Americans that are dealing with some sort of paralysis, and there's 1.5 million with spinal cord injuries. So we have to be able to help them as well through this process. Absolutely. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we will be right back. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, I'm wondering, what about sensation? Let's talk about what you've regained. Yeah, so sensation has come back, you know, not all the way through my body, but I can feel like pressure. So if somebody pushes on my hand hard enough, I can feel something's there. I can't tell you if it's hot or cold, Mm -hmm. sharp or dull, but I can just feel like something is there. And that's pretty much throughout my my legs as well. And my back, I got a little bit more sensation throughout there. So, you know, things have come back from me slowly but surely. Yeah, sure. And I'm just keep on keep on working and just, you know, doing what I can, because obviously when it comes to a spinal cord injury, it's, it's just like you could snap your fingers and you're healed. No, it's, no. every injury is different. Everyone's, uh, you know, recovery time is different. So I just live to the best of my ability every day. Well, I'm you know, this comes up because I, I cover the business world and there's the People with Disabilities Act. And I have this one guy I know, and he's a libertarian. Ah, we, you know, we should just let the free market work on that stuff. I, I'm going to reveal something. I dated, I had a boyfriend who was a paraplegic when I was in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was such an athlete. If he could stand, he would have been six seven. He he had gotten in a motorcycle accident. I met him at an event where they were having paraplegic tennis players uh, in a tournament. And he was just so dynamic and so amazing. And as we started dating, I became hyper aware when we tried to go to restaurants and there weren't ramps, elevators, or things that made them wheelchair accessible. And I started getting livid furious each time and I would make a big scene and all of that. Tell me what this world needs to understand when it comes to making sure that a productive member of society like you, you're creating jobs. You deserve as much respect as anybody in this world, even more. What should the world know about making life approachable and doable for people in wheelchairs? I think that's the big, you know, the dark cloud that gets put on people with disabilities, you know, seeing somebody in a wheelchair. It makes people feel uncomfortable. They don't know how to handle the situation. Some will take the time to ask, you know, just if somebody needs help or mm-hmm. learn more about their situation, which I always encourage to do. And some people will turn, look at you differently, will walk away from you, turn their head real quick, you know, mm-hmm. because they just feel uncomfortable. And I always go by saying that my coach embedded in our head at Rutgers when we were on the field, it was 120 degrees out there and we're dying. He goes, you got to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You're going to be put in uncomfortable situations in your life. And, I, and when I'm going through that doing training, I'm like, we well, have yeah, whatever coach just, whatever, I'm trying to try to get through this. But it comes to, to, you know, really to fruition and to light when you see it in life. It, it, when people are uncomfortable, they don't know how to react. 
So being able to educate people, help people understand, like, yes, I'm in a wheelchair, but just because I do things a little bit different than you or move a little bit different than you doesn't mean I'm not a human being and that I don't, you know, don't go out there and have the same feelings mm. as you have. So take the time to educate yourself, ask, you know, if someone may need help or learn more about their situation because you never know where a conversation may lead you. It could change their life, but it also may change yours. Well, 100,000%. Um, but I'll, I'll push you on this accessibility, uh, making yeah. sure that this country understands <laughs> that, yes, there have to be ramps. And yes, there. Yes, you have to have the curbs appropriately uh, so that people don't have to go three blocks out of their way in a wheelchair just to find a way to get down off a curb. Yep. It's funny you, you start to realize that because you said you dated a paraplegic, yep. so your eyes open up a whole lot more. Same with my friends and, and family members now. Like They'll see somebody in a handicap spot that doesn't have a handicap plan, and they snap. <laughs> oh, they snap. They get so angry and upset at me. I'm like, the comp, like, it's like, whatever, we'll just go to the next spot. And like, no, that is not okay. <laughs> you know, so like, yes. So there's plenty of times where, believe me, I've scrolled through doors that I should not be getting to because they're not ADA mm. accessible. Old buildings, cobblestone, mm. stairs, you know, being lifted upstairs. It's, it's been quite the journey. I'm just, I'm very blessed that I have such a great support system. I'm able to still do crazy things like that, but the world is definitely not fully accessible right yeah. here in our country is definitely not in there's times where you have to go all the way around to get up this curb i'll never forget when i did my bucket list time i'll never do it again go to times square for new year's even um the elevator was broken for me to get up to oh. the to the floor so i had to go back four floors underground to get to the next elevator to come back up oh. and then come back up at zero degrees outside and come back up the street it was just Oh, a nightmare already because it was zero degrees out there and I don't do well. In okay, the cold dude, you're injury. whack for doing yes. that under any circumstance. I, know. I, I would never I would never do that again, but it was a bucket list <laughs> thing I tried to do. But of course, it had to be zero degrees outside the day I tried. Of course. Well, you can always say you did it. Okay, that's important. Exactly. You yeah. know, I, th this is a, a just a little bit of a, a dog leg in a different direction. But, I, you know, I brought this up with um, Brandon Copeland uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, who's been a guest on the, mm -hmm. on the podcast. But I wanted to ask your thoughts on what happened to Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin, who just a couple of weeks ago suffered the cardiac arrest and collapsed on the field during the Bengals game. Do you think that the NCAA and the NFL are doing everything they can to protect players? Or do you think that there is room for improvement? I believe there's always room for improvement when it comes to player safety wise. I mean, we're seeing that, the, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, you can't touch quarterbacks anymore in the NFL. But other positions, obviously, things get a little bit, you know, a little bit more aggressive. But we know going into the game, the risk that we take obviously doesn't ever come to our mind until something freakish like my injury happens or mm -hmm. Demar Hamlin's happens. But it is a very aggressive game, and it's hard to be able to stop those high-impact injuries or those freak injuries like mine was with my head down. DeMars was just a routine tackle, but the way that he got hit and right yeah. in his chest was just so unfortunate. Like, that tackle has been done millions of times before in life and nothing has happened. So I think the biggest thing that needs to happen is life after football with the NCAA and the NFL yes. of protecting their players and insurance policies and things of that nature. Yeah. Because the risk that they take every day, obviously, is to make a living for ourselves. But the entertainment that they're that they're that they're giving to everybody and the much money that these 
owners in the NFL are making that there should be a policies that are made for players out after yeah. life, after football. Absolutely. That's where I think needs to be helped. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we will be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates it's faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of life after football, you just decided to dabble in a very crowded field, and that is coffee bars. So you started LeGrand Coffee first online, but now you have a storefront, LeGrand Coffee House. Okay, tell us how you came up with that idea, why, and how it's going as a business. During the pandemic, I wanted to be able to bring people together, everyone hated each other and the world was at each other's throats. <laughs> I wanted to find ways to to just help, you know, like, and what's a great way to do it? Coffee. I didn't know anything about it, too. I didn't have a cup of coffee until August of 2020. I Wait, knew nothing really? about it. Yeah, I don't need coffee to wake me up. I wake up, I'm ready to go. But I'll tell you what, I do enjoy it every morning now. It is, I was missing out on some good stuff. <laughs> like, uh, but but I, I said, you know what? I've never really been afraid of anything. I take a leap of faith. I prayed on it, and I knew that there was an opportunity in my downtown area where they were redeveloping a bunch of new buildings and bringing more people into Woodbridge. So I said, you know what? That'd be a perfect opportunity. We don't have many coffee shops in my town. Meanwhile, there's 104,000 people that live here. So I wanted to take take that leap of faith and try it. I hired a business advisor, started taking courses and learning as much as I can, and then I said, you know what? Let's do it. And I went through my ups and downs. I still go through my ups and downs. I'm learning about it every day, but... Give me some examples gonna, of, of mistakes, back. early mistakes you made. Oh. Well, when we opened up our online store, I got hooked up with a roaster that, you know, my advisor kind of advised me against, but I developed a relationship with the guy. He told me he'll be able to keep up with the demand, but little did I know that he was going to treat this as a hobby. And the first day we opened up our online store, over 350 orders come in, and he was just not prepared. And then he Oof. tells me, oh, well, we have to shut down the website. <gasps> Um, no, not on the first day. We're not shutting down a website. Are you kidding me? Oh, then we're going to have to take one of the roasts off. No, yeah, yeah, you got to get up. Little to say a month later, we weren't doing business together anymore. We were mm. so many orders behind and should have listened to my advisor from the beginning, but I went off a relationship and that just, you know, went to hell. But other than that, you know, I started, I got hooked up with the right person. Now running a brick and mortar, I'll tell you what. Every day is a, is, a, is a grind because there's a lot of overhead, payroll, you know, supplies that you got to order, the inflation cost and just everything now and being able to keep up with just yeah. everything is, is definitely a grind. I have a great team. I mean, my manager, my employees, you know, we're working together each and every day, just like making sure that we're trying to, you know, cut where we can, but also to be able to make a profit. But Are you, the cost are you breaking even? You making a profit? 
I mean, it's year one. We aren't doing too too bad. I will say that. I will I will give some praise there. I don't know if we're all the way. We're not, definitely not in the green yet after having to take out a loan and mm-hmm. not to be able to build this brick and mortar. But we are get we are getting there little by little, and a partnership with Prudential Financial and the Devils has definitely helped. Okay, let's get to that. Okay, I am a mm-hmm. hockey fan. Can we just discuss mm-hmm. everybody? You guys ready for this? Every away game that the New Jersey Devils play, okay, this is huge because they're televised. Le Grand Coffee House is stamped on the helmets of the hockey player. How did that happen? It's, it's a funny story. My good friend Nicole Gregus was at a, a hockey game with her now fiance. Saw a lot of, uh, I guess, I guess throughout the whole stadium on the jumbotron mm-hmm. and signage throughout the stadium of this program called the Buy Black Program, which Prudential financial funds for the de- for the New Jersey Devils work that help small black businesses be able to get that brand recognition, be able to help grow communities and be able to help, you know, bring that exposure to them. So she this was last February. She goes, This when it comes out again, you should sign up. So that I saw the application this summer and I did. I submitted it, not knowing where it would go, what would happen, and come to find out. I was a final four finalist for for the uh program, and then I did my interviews and they surprised the heck. I don't like surprises. And they <laughs> came to my shop and surprised me and told me that <laughs> I had won and that I would be the winner of this year's, you know, the Grand Coffee House would be the winner um, of this year's Buy Black can't. Program. And I can't. They wear the logo on their the New Jersey helmets <laughs> throughout the throughout all their away games throughout on the road and be able to have the signage throughout the stadium. And let's just say it's been an amazing partnership. My coffee is now sold at the Prudential Center thanks to Prudential Financial and the New Jersey Devils. I can't. I can't explain to you the exposure that it's been amazing for the business. Wait, did you ever go to a hockey game before then? I've been to a hockey. I've been to a few Devils games and even some Rangers games in my in my day. Definitely more Devils than Rangers, but now I've already been to three this season. Oh my gosh! I'm all on social media watching throughout the now. I feel like I'm a part of the squad. (laughs) I I really just want to end by asking you. And it sounds so cheesy, but I'm just going to do it. What is your philosophy on life? Share that mm. that chestnut that matters most to you that keeps you getting up every day. And not only not, just existing, Eric, but you are reaching beyond your grasp. You mm-hmm. are fighting every day to, to just make your life even better than it already is. Yeah, I live by a definition that was another thing that was embedded into our head at Rutgers, a definition of success. It's a quote that comes from, you know, John Wooden, but was it was heavily involved in our, our Rutgers football program from Greg Schiano. And that's the the definition of success. It's the peace of mind you get knowing you did everything you could to be the best you can be. I'll say it one more time. It's the peace of mind you get knowing you did everything you could to be the best you could be. You're the only one who could tell yourself, you know what? I gave him my all on this. There was nothing else that I could give. I literally gave him my all. And you should be able to put your head down on that pillow at night and sleep at ease. And if you didn't, we're all human. God willing, you wake up that next morning, you look yourself in the mirror and say, today, I'm going to make today my best day. And watch where life takes you. Watch the opportunities that start to present themselves. And watch the people that come your way. It's been nothing but blessings that I've seen through the adversity, through the struggles, through it all. I continue to live my day each day to the fullest and give my best because that's the only thing I know how to do. Eric, I, I'm, I'm emotional. I just, I'm just so amazed <laughs> and so inspired by 
this story, and I hope our listeners are too. Can you give your website to buy the coffee? Because I want everybody Absolutely. ordering from LeGrand Coffee. Okay, so give it right Absolutely. now. Please go, go to LeGrandCoffeeHouse.com. It's L-E-G-R-A-N-D Coffeehouse.com. And check us out. Check our roast out that we have on there. Our motto is we want to bring unity to the community with a daily cup of belief. Believe has been my motto since the very beginning of my injury and pushing along and believing that I will be okay. And I am doing well, thank God. So we want to make sure that you're all getting your daily cups of believe each and every day to start your day. And even if you need some a little pick me up in the evening time. So go to LeGrandCoffeehouse.com and check us out. I am right after this <laughs> going and ordering mm-hmm. some. And I want to come see you. I want to come. I want to come to Le Grand mm-hmm. Coffee House. So we're going to get together. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for mm-hmm. sharing and for, for I really hope, inspiring our listeners because you certainly did me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I do appreciate this opportunity. So, um, you guys, I'm going to end it right here because I'm a little emotional. I'm getting teary-eyed and everything. So I just want to say... I hope that you look at Eric's story as a gift uh, and certainly as a driver for just being grateful for what you have and also knowing that people get thrown horrific stumbling blocks and they jump over them. They climb over them. They dodge them. And Eric is living proof of that. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. And I'll see you Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern on The Claiming Countdown. Want to listen ad-free? You can do it with a Fox News Podcasts Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And then Amazon Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.